0: Count money, man. Money Stack Riches. riches. Try, try, and told, try and told him I'm a beast
1: bud. What's up, gang? Welcome back to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. We got the boss man, coach Robert Morris, head coach Robert Morris here as a special guest, Bernard Clark, aka Tiger. We got, we got Rambo Dell, Steve Dell in the house also. And, uh, and so let me give you just a quick Quick background on uh, if I could, Coach Absolutely. Tiger, can I Absolutely. call you no coach, Tiger? coach Tiger? First. All right, Coach Tiger, we have uh, Orange Orange Bowl MVP, two time championship player at Miami. That's I'm assuming the Hurricanes. Former player for the Bengals and the Seahawks. Current head coach at Robert Morris University. And also, I know that you also have a, a, a book out because I got that right right behind us. The uh, The Ascension: A Coach's Guide to Becoming a Better Man. Husband and father, which Absolutely. is which is uh, which is what I've tried to do for people that follow me, and and uh, people have done that for me and changed my life. So I know a lot of people are being impacted uh, by you. You were a two-time national championship player at the University of Miami. Absolutely. Is that right? Miami okay,
2: Florida. It's not going to huh. mix with Ohio. Yeah, not, huh? yeah. Make sure not the Red good. Hawks. No, not, not,
1: the Red okay. no, not the Miami. Hox. Okay, not the not Miami of Ohio. It it it, this is the sure U. I, sure I, I, I yeah. want to make sure. I asked the you. <laughs> U. The, <laughs> the Army fatigue. The no Mike Irv. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Awarded MVP at the Orange Bowl. That don't happen too often. And played linebacker for the Bengals and the Seahawks. And so, you know, when I go through all of that, you know, people see – all of the good stuff, all of the championships, Orange Bowl, and all that, and and uh, you know what what drives me used to drive me crazier, because of the work that goes into it. Is when people would say, "Oh man, it must be nice to be able to you know do that. Must must be nice." But there's a lot of things that people miss on the in the process of becoming a head football coach, or in the process of what happens before winning an MVP. Of, of an orange bowl what happened in the dark Absolutely. and so what would have been maybe some of the work some of the things that that go into the wins and the in the things that you've done in life what are some of the behind the scenes things that it takes well the biggest thing
2: I always tell people when I was in the University of Miami there was a sign and the sign went from the training room all the way to the locker room and what the sign said was preparation plus opportunity equals success and I read mm-hmm. that sign every single day and that was my mindset not only as a football player, but also as a man. But as a football player, when I got the opportunity to start in the National Championship game in the Orange Bowl in 1988, I was 19 years old. I was a sophomore. But I was prepared for that opportunity because that's what I read all day long when I was there. So it's called preparation. Now, uh, Steve and I were talking about it downstairs. The thing that's important is, is can you be committed to the process? Oh, Come on. Without being mostly attached to the results. Because we know the process works. Hmm. That's what Inga Johnson, I got the quote from Inga Johnson. We know the process works in everything that you do. Because you know and I know football has groomed us to being who we are. Football taught us discipline. It taught us relentlessness. taught us trust, honesty, dedication. All those things going to being a successful man in life. And that was the reason, biggest reason for the book more than anything else.
1: Amen. So, So coaching young people. Yes. You know, young, young people, which we were all at one point. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we can relate. Um, what I love about, uh, about studying coaches, you know, my mentor and, and close friend of mine, like a father to me is Jim Trestle. Okay. And, and I look back and, and, and when I study him, it's what's cool is, is you're coaching 18 to 23 year olds, you know, consistently, you Absolutely. know, over and yeah. over again yeah. at a pivotal point in their mm-hmm. life. But usually that, point in your life doesn't give you a lot of of focus for everybody that's where a coach comes in and can groom that and pull that Mm -hmm. out of you is the ability to commit to a process without seeing the immediate result how have you been able to groom that or coach people through that because sometimes you get players right out of high school and they're Mm going to start as a freshman absolutely and sometimes you get the player in high school that was a dog in high school and was all everything and he ain't going to start till he's a junior no doubt. How do you keep that person committed to the process?
2: I think what it boils down to is my mission statement as a coach and since I've been in it and my mission statement as a head coach is we're creating an environment on and off a of football field to continue what families have done and help these guys become better men, better husbands, and better fathers. So we got to help them understand you got to be dedicated to the process. Let's say a young man comes to me after his freshman year. He says, hey, coach, I want to go in the transfer portal. I'm going to look at him and say, okay, why? Mm-hmm. You haven't even experienced college yet. And in the conversation I had with you and your parents, you guys told me how important education was. Mm-hmm. So why are you transferring? Are you transferring because you want a better education? You transferring to Harvard? Or mm-hmm. are you transferring somewhere where you're trying to play more football? Let's understand that this is a process that you have to go through. We're creating a better man, better husband, better father because of the process. It's a grind. It may not happen for you right away, but you cannot be discarded discouraged is by the, the biggest, results of what's happening. The
1: biggest window that you see in that process with the with the athletes is it, would you say is the freshman year, the first year? Oh, absolutely. Is that the biggest I think that was one? for all of us. I mean yeah. all of us played college yeah. football. No you come in and yeah. it's the you're first a one. sick man,
2: yeah. you're gonna miss mom. First, miss first year is the tough <laughs> ain't no doubt. I mean you get only when you get to camp, there's no <laughs> guys in camp. Miss
1: your girl. Right, ain't extra no girl, bad ain't no
2: girls on campus, ain't nothing on there It's just you and a football team in a different area. It's just football. You're studying the playbook. you got the coaches in your ear. You're away from home. And now you got these coaches constantly in your ear, screaming at you every day. You're trying to get somebody. And like you said, and if you were the man in high school, (laughs) and now these coaches are on you, and you may not play. Carry the water bottles
1: for us there, Because I was
2: was redshirted, just like you were redshirted. I think Steve was redshirted also. So you go through a situation. All the work. In my high school. None of the payoff. Oh, my high school was horrible. (laughs) I mean, I, don't, I think last time we had a winning season in my high school was 1993. I mean, it's still going on. Great teachers, great people, but the schools, sports was horrible. So when I got there, and I was the guy in high school. So when I got to college, and I wasn't a guy anymore, I'm like, what's going on? So I went to Coach Johnson. I'm like, hey, Coach, what's happening? He said, oh, we're going to redshirt you.
1: Mm. And you know, so those y'all that are yeah. listening, you know what he means by Johnson, Coach Johnson. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Jimmy, Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. So, Johnson, so if, you, if you're young and you don't know, you got to Google Jimmy Johnson. He got to play for one of the greatest coaches of all Absolutely. time. Some yeah. consider him the greatest. Has yes. I mean just amazing things he went on to accomplish with the Cowboys, Absolutely, Dallas Cowboys, and, and all of that. This is the protege. Yeah. This is where we get to see mm-hmm. somebody that actually played for, for matter of fact, while we're on that subject, anything stand out to you about Coach Johnson that, oh, you, Coach that Johnson you learned?
2: Was, the one thing I learned from Coach Johnson, I tell my players this all mm-hmm. the time. Coach Johnson walked in the meeting room and he says, You're gonna be treated fairly but you would not be treated equal. Mm. What does that mean? Mm. If you're on this team and you're late to a meeting, you're going to do the same amount of up-downs the starter going to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't show up to the bus on time, the bus going to leave you just like it's going to leave a start. But on the field, mm. the starter's going to be able to make more mistakes. Mm. The starting running backs are going to be able to fumble the ball in the first quarter and still get back in later on. The second team running backs not going to be able to fumble the ball mm-hmm. in the first quarter because mm-hmm. you're going to be on the bench. Mm-hmm. Fair but equal—that helped me understand the relationship that you had on the football field, based on your talent and yeah. results. And you know what no I know: talents equals tolerance. They're gonna tolerate more if you're a starter than they are if you're not a starter. So yep. fair but equal—that's the first thing I learned from Coach Johnson. That's one thing I try to instill on in my guys because that's life. No that's doubt, that's how life is. I mean, if you're if you're the top salesman at your job and they're laying people off, you're not gonna get laid off. Right, like right. Not, no, not to worry about a way
1: other to people keep going you first. There. There's no some doubt. other
2: people that ain't getting it done, showing up the work late. Right, you may not right. be there as much. That's what it boils something,
1: down to. Something, something. I grab right here, just from the the camp. You know, young people listening out there, young athletes listening out there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to quit my first year who of, did, of, of, of college. I, I, was, I, was looking at the, I was looking to transfer. <laughs> Taking plane this tickets. This is bullshit. Yeah. I ain't playing. Mm. I went from state title to not playing in the yes. cold, yes. in Erie, freezing. Yeah. And winning that mental battle to understand when you went into to, to high school as a freshman, we got to start that process over again a little bit. We got to prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. Everybody had some accolades now. Right, right. So we're coming through, and, and, and I want to encourage you, you know, that – the, the people that quit are typically the ones in that first year. If yes. you could just stick it out that first year, that that first year over time, it gets better and better and better and better. It gets much better. Everything that, that, that stands out to me personally that, that came with greatness, I've thought about quitting, at least in my mind. I just never told nobody. I thought about, <laughs> man, let's stop running these sprints. Let's stop playing balls too hot. All my friends are kicking it in the summer. Man, I ain't playing. I'm short. The next two d- dudes above me are – Junior and a sophomore, six foot one, how I'm going to get on the field. You you start creeping that into your mind. Marriage gets hard to think about, oh, man, maybe I'll be better off. Maybe I'll be better (sighs) off single. Anything great in life. The beginning front side of that is you got to talk yourself out of quitting when it's when it's tough and when it's difficult. Mm. And and uh, and, well, and like how to, how, you how you do you do that?
2: You got to be committed to the process. To the I mean, process. That's, that's plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Without being emotionally attached to the, the result. Results, right?
1: Emotionally <laughs> attached <laughs> to, to the result.
2: Because when your emotions get involved, it, up and down, example, up we were and down. Talking, we just We just talking. I told you guys. I gave my life to Christ in May of '96. Come on. Well, May of '96 when I gave my life to Christ. Before that, I would feel a certain way. Yeah. Act off of those feelings right. and think about the consequences later. <laughs> but after I gave my life to Christ, I would think about everything that could happen if I did this, if I did this, if I did this. Then I would act and I would feel a whole lot better.
1: How big of a role do you think that your faith has played in your, oh, in his, your success in coaching it, and it leadership? It helped me
2: find out where my purpose was. This is my purpose. It's not just about, it ain't about me being a head coach. I'm not stuck on the platform. The platform is not important. The platform is never going to be more important than the purpose. The mm. purpose is to create an environment to help these guys become better men, better husbands, better fathers. So it's it's everything. Mm. I mean, there's no doubt as God gave me a purpose of exactly what I needed to do, yep. as opposed to just doing a job. Yep. You know, I was a car salesman. Yeah. And there were months I made two thousand. There were months I made fifteen thousand. Mm. So money wasn't what was driving me because there were there were my line. I don't feel like doing this this month. But there ain't a day I don't wake up. I don't feel like I feel like doing that. And the it. day I don't wake up, I don't feel like going on that field and helping them young men understand what's love going it. on. Yeah. You know, there are days they drive me crazy. Yeah, I man. love them. <laughs> I love them, but I'm, I ain't got to always like them. No doubt. You know, I remember them I'm, days. I'm sure, sure my mom and dad don't always like me. Like, you know, they right. didn't like me when I was a kid, but right. they always loved me and they always cared about me. Right. So I'm always loved these guys. But there are days I go out there, I want to get after them more. Yep. There's never a day I go on that field like, man, I don't want to be on this field. So I want to I come like
1: back that. to that and ask you about loving them and still hold them accountable. But yeah. let me f- ask Steve, you, you coached together. Didn't yeah, y'all yeah, coach yeah, together? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And where did y'all coach together at? Tell me what you grabbed from him, what you saw in him when you when you guys were there.
0: Well, first of all, I'm back on the grind cast with my <laughs> Welcome dog. Back. Welcome back. Let's go. Welcome back. I come on. Hey, they let me back on here. They let <laughs> Rambo back on here. Let's Man, go. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. But, but I also appreciate Coach uh Tiger um obviously it's 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 crazy cuz it's so important it kind of makes like a full circle like we talk about mind body and spirit all the time in this organization and I didn't really understand that when it, until it was put in those type of words but that's where it started when I met with met Tiger at at Pit um you know so where did we first meet the question was uh we met at Pit I had came back um, and then you know we kind of gravitated towards each other I played linebacker he coach uh uh with Dave Wanstead Jimmy Johnson was with Dave Wanstead so that was that was huge cuz all the things that you're saying about Jimmy is the things that's, that that Wanstead said but I ended up be, being able to be a graduate assistant for coach Tiger uh in 2010 I think that was 2010, yep, 2010 yep. um and uh what I grabbed uh is is what what I was talking about with the mind body spirit um the the spirit aspect um, and you two, like it's crazy because in my life, I would probably say you two are the most uh, of that as, as far as my spirit aspect. Um, and and when Appreciate I first you. met you, when I first met you, I, I knew, uh, you know, you were you were all into your spirit. Um, and, and trust me, we got a cra- we got a story. Me and, <laughs> me and Simon got a story. We've already told that I knew he was in this spirit
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> when we met. So um, you know that was. That's something that when I come back and I think about it full circle, I, this is the reason why I, I wanted to make this happen and, and be a part of it. Not mm-hmm. make it happen, but be a part of it. Um, because I know that that's something that's very important to me right now awesome. is my spirit. Love it. Um, and to have two guys who are being able to mentor Levin. me in that area, uh, that's huge. So I appreciate both of you guys. Appreciate you, Amen. Coach. Yeah. Um, and, and One and of then, the
1: biggest things you can give these young guys you're coaching, even if it's on accident, they pick it up just oh, by yeah. watching how Absolutely. you roll.
0: No just doubt.
2: Be, just be a light.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then and then what I what I, what I really uh, you know when when you, when I think about it, what did I learn from Coach Tiger? Because man, uh, he he <laughs> he he can come with a lot uh, as far as what what I've learned. I've seen him, uh, I have seen him, but but it, in his in his my experience with him in the coaching coaching world is and why I think it will late later on down the road when it comes to just business um, is his his being able to cope. Being able to be calm, cool, and collective under any circumstance throughout the time that we've been coaching. I was talking about that with him earlier. Not
1: emotionally attached to the result, Let, the immediate result. Exactly.
0: Man, and, no, and- I
1: still show emotion.
2: Don't get me wrong. I still have oh, yeah. passion for what I do. Oh, yeah, he's doubt. still a
0: dog. Got to, he's, <laughs> hey, got he still, to he still got that dog Energy. check in him. You yeah. remember that dog check. <laughs> but but he was, he was, you know, I think about that now uh, and how we're always trying to relate back to what helped us become who we are today, and I just know that the reason why a lot of people aren't successful, it's not because they're not talented, it's because they don't know how to cope, they don't have people like you or Simon in their lives that can say, hold on, wait, wait, this is how you need to cope with this, Mm -hmm. this is how you need to become cool, and so you got guys out, and I, I thought about this as I was driving, you got guys out here making decisions, you know, whether that's, you know, Something happens in their personal life they go home they go in a car or they go home they you know something happens they shoot their girlfriend like something happens but nobody is there to be like hold on calm, cool and collective in those decisions and I've learned that until today you probably obviously know this but (laughs) but that was something that when, when we were out on the field of play he he we would come back to the sideline and i and he knows I'm an emotional person. Ah he's like, hold on, wait, make sure he knows what to do in this situation. And then what we're gonna tell him is, is that it's all right, it's cool. We know we messed up on this play, but we're gonna get to the next one and we're gonna be all right. And we got we we got, we got this. It's it's another down, another play. Staying cool. Staying, Staying cool.
1: calm when you need to stay calm. Exactly. Bring energy when you need to bring energy. Yeah. And that's and that's what both of you guys do very well.
0: Yeah. And, and and I'm still learning that. I'm still I'm still learning how to, because I'm such an emotional rah-rah right. person that sometimes you got to learn how to, all right, this is what you need to say, how you need to say it, when you need to say it. And, I, and, and just to be honest, yeah, that's something that I've had to work on uh, throughout my time. I feel like I'm we're getting all better. We're all growing. Yeah, we're all still, yeah, no we're, doubt. We're still growing. Well, when no I was
1: doubt.
2: young, I went through the same exact thing he's talking about. I always tell my players, the reason I played two years in the NFL and I didn't play 10, well, then I didn't have the ability. It's like Steve just said, I had a talent. That's how I got there to begin with. And I felt that's what could keep me there. But when I got there, I refused to become a student of the game. Mm. I refused to learn how to study the playbook, study the opponent. I'm not talking about knowing my plays. I didn't know what the corner did. I didn't know what the safety did. I didn't know what this formation told me. That formation. You don't get to be great. You don't get to play at that level for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years right. by just being, being talented. Someone who makes you got to do out. the extra. Yeah, you got to right. do the extra. And I would. I didn't do that because I was again. I wasn't mostly attached to the results. Like, if I played hard and did what I was supposed to do, I'm supposed to start. Right. Well, no, that ain't how it goes because you don't know the playbook. Yeah, this guy may not be as talented, but this guy knows what we're doing. He knows how to make checks on the field Right. he sees a certain formation and doing that. It's the same thing with these young athletes right now. A lot of you got the talent, but you don't want to be a student of the game. Right. Yeah. You don't right. want to learn the game. You want to grow with the game because you think your talent's going to take you through. And everybody's told you that ever since you were six, right. you're going to the NFL. <laughs> you're going to do this. You're the going to do that. Yes. And you don't might. love the process. Yes. And nah. you might do that, but yes. once you get there, yeah. Once you get there, it's a whole nother realm. So it took me a while, exactly yeah. what he said. Speaking saying. of taking a while to get out of
1: that. You know, you're you've you've coached, and I, I know this is the the coaching world. You know, my yes. really, really close friend is the offensive coordinator at Iowa State, okay. Tom Manning. Okay. Uh, my other close friend is is Brandon Staley, head coach for the LA Chargers. Mm-hmm. Currently, right now, his twin brother Jason was my roommate. we played college football together. And, and so I, I've watched the journey. You probably
2: know my our defensive coordinator then, Dave Plunders.
1: I, I don't know him. Okay, but he, he knows Brent. That's why I was okay. saying Okay, good. Gotcha. Go yeah, yeah. And our, our O coordinator in college is the same uh Lombardi. Joe Lombardi was okay. is is the O coordinator now with the Chargers also. Okay. So I just follow you root for your boys, right? Yeah, so absolutely. I followed the journey and, no and been around the game, you know, no and, and so I know that to to be a, a head coach or to continue to progress in the coaching world. Mm typically there's a couple jumps and moves and and you don't get to just work directly with the team you want to work with right Right, now. There's a little bit of jumping around that happens. And so I think, you know, I looked on there and from your start, you know, I think you've coached at, you know, eight, 10 different teams, yeah, moved around a little bit, you know, and all of that. So tell us about, you know, what what people don't see in that process uh, over 20 years, you know, or whatever. The important
2: thing thing about what you just said is, is that you learn and you grow. Wherever you are. Mm. That's what it boils down to. A lot mm. of people stop somewhere and they're upset that they're there. So they don't learn anything. <laughs> they don't grow for you. Because it does not matter if you like a guy, a guy. I'm gonna wait till I'm the head coach and I, then I'm gonna I, have a positive yes, attitude. Right. Trust me. Give not. me the head coaching <laughs> job and
1: watch how positive my attitude is.
2: Again, I was it was the process. It was like, okay, wherever I land, I'm gonna learn something. Even if I was at a place where I didn't feel a coach was doing it the right way, whether it was the defensive coordinator or the head coach, didn't matter what I thought. This is this man's job. It's my job as an assistant coach to see him succeed. Because if he succeeds, then I succeed. That's how you got to look at it. And you got to learn everywhere you grow. And and I I wrote about it in my book, change is inevitable. Mm -hmm. Growth is a choice. Mm -hmm. Things are going to change. There's nothing you can do about that. But are you going to grow with those changes? And I chose to grow with those changes. So each stop I had at James Madison at Liberty, FIU, USF, Hampton University, I learned something and grew some from each defensive coordinator, from each head coach, from each offensive coordinator, how he organized this, how he organized. To
1: this day, I still learn stuff. Let me ask you this. How do you handle working with – because on the climb, maybe until you're the head coach, you may have loved a lot of the coaches Mm -hmm. that you worked with and worked for, but have you ever had the opportunity, we don't need to say their names, oh, no, have a, you ever had an opportunity where maybe you were working underneath somebody that you didn't oh, absolutely. just love, <laughs> absolutely. you know, but how do you still learn from that? Because you can learn from the good and you, can learn, yeah, you bad, can learn from the bad. learn from the bad. It right?
2: doesn't make a difference if I like you as a person. I don't need to like you. Are you good at your job? Are you doing certain things a certain way? I may like the way you have this structure. You may have practice structured to the point where it's, man, it's practice right on point. This is something I'm going to put in my little head coaching pad. Drop jot that down. There. Yeah, let's jot that down. down to. So yeah. it has nothing to do with me liking you or disliking you. It's like, are you good at your job? So the guys that I've met, if they weren't good at their jobs, okay, but he does this right.
1: Yeah. Well, he
2: knows how to do this. Mm-hmm. He knows how to break field well, can I pull from it? Exactly. Right. You got to pull something from it. You can't the just positives. sit there and not learn. I mean, if you stop learning, you just stop growing. That's what it boils down to. You got to always learn. That's why the book is called Ascension A Coach's Guide to Becoming a Better. Because you can always be a better man, a better husband, and a better father. You can always be better at what you're doing. I can always be a better coach. Right. Always be a better salesman. Right. Always be a better talk show host. Yep. You're always honing your craft, always sharpening your tools, and that's what it boils down to. So that's how I learned.
1: How important do you think it is in your career to have the right? Uh, spouse or person that you choose? Oh, man, that's
2: that's oof. My wife's my rock. You know, there, there have been times where, you know, I've gotten fired, and I'm like, even when we were at Pitt, and yeah. we, won the, we won the conference championship, yeah. I'm on yeah. the road recruiting, and we get fired.
1: Part of the game, yeah. Yeah, part so of the I, life. Yeah, yeah, so I
2: called my wife, and we got fired <laughs> there. Then next year I go to Colorado State, we get fired again. So I remember sitting down, I'm like, I'm done. I got, I got to go find a job. I'm going to become a truck driver. I'm going to come do something else that has more stability because I'm putting her through this. My wife looked at me and was like, you're a coach. That's what you do. What a dog. Come and on. And she's like, I
1: got this. What an what a unbelievable my woman. my wife's a
2: flight attendant, and I didn't work for like nine months. She's like, go home. I got this. Someone's going to call you. I'm taking care of this. Don't worry about it. She's my rock. She's always been there. So yeah. there's no doubt that she's the, I always tell people, there
1: was a lot of women I could have lived with. Couldn't do this career without a woman like
2: that. a lot of women I could have no lived with. No way you could be a head coach
1: she's moving all could, over the place the without I that. I couldn't
2: live without.
0: Calm, cool, and collective.
2: Oh,
0: There you go Right hey, there Cause I was calling I like Tiger I was Hey what we gonna do man What we gonna do
2: <laughs> he like, no, you can do you, we got just, it. you gotta relax man You're fine It's gonna happen And yeah. in like, fact I think Steve Got picked up by Miami
0: Yeah uh, Started with, with FAU With F-A- Charlie F-A-U. Char- Charlie yeah Charlie Partridge Is the, the D-line coach uh, Assistant head coach Ooh. now uh, But he ended up Getting picked up by FAU And End up calling you. Right back to the house, 15 minutes away. So back,
2: back close to his door. That's so a big one. Thing. So it's there. Yeah. So, my, so when I went back, because we kept a home in Tampa, when I went back home to Tampa. My wife's like, I got this, but it's important that she's there. It's important mm-hmm. Are you that from that area? Tampa? Born and raised in Tampa. Yep. Florida. Tampa's yep. my heart. Yeah. 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 My family lives all the time. <laughs> okay. I go down yeah. to Clearwater. Oh, absolutely. All the time yeah. Yeah. on the beach to go yeah, visit I'm everybody. But I'm going to Jamaica to get married, but after that, I'm going to go back and hang out with moms down there. I lost my pops in 2019. Man, mom and pops were married for 59 years. So what an example. Yeah, exactly. so that, that's what, what you
1: said. get from your mom and pops that you can share with us oh, 59 man, absolutely. years. Absolutely. No,
2: know, those are my first leaders. You know, that I always tell people. My mom told me, give everyone respect. You now, everybody say you have to earn respect. Not true. My mom said, you walk into a room full of women, you don't know them. You don't start cursing and acting a fool, though. You give them respect. My mom mm-hmm. said, you give everyone respect. You even give a dog respect until they don't give you respect. My mom told me that. So I give everyone respect when I walk into a room. My dad told me, You're going to be faced with racism in life.
0: Unless you're on a field. So
2: what? So what? Mm. Nothing you can do about it. You hit it head on, you go around, and you keep moving. My dad's like, you can't just sit and wallow. You've done that. Because you haven't been faced with that. You're going to be faced with it. Don't worry about it. Just keep moving. Just keep going. D1
1: football. Absolutely. Black head Coach. Yeah. Ain't you ain't that? Ain't yeah, that many? Ain't that <laughs> yeah. many? That's yeah. awesome, man. No, but it's a, it's a you situation. You did something right. And no I, and victim I, mentality, no around. excuse, no, no whatever. No, 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 no. So what?
2: Am I have I faced obstacles? Yeah, man, but there's nothing you can do about. It. I mean, there is racism in America. So what? So I'm supposed to be around and just not do anything because people (laughs) look at me a certain way or people see me in a certain, I'm not supposed to live my life. I'm not supposed to try to go. I'm not supposed to be happy. I'm not supposed to have joy because someone else doesn't. So my pops taught me that, man. And he taught it to me unconsciously. Like he didn't even realize he was teaching it to me because he was going through some things. You gotta remember my pops grew up in the forties, fifties, and the sixties. So my pops grew up in a time where it was rough, real rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. It was real rough, yeah. in the situation. So my pops taught me unconsciously. I'm not worried about that. I'm going to work every day. I'm a bus by behind the Delta Airlines, and he did that for 21 years. So that's what I saw. I saw the hardworking man coming home, married to my mom for 59 years, and they had the tough times. Of course they did, but that's what I saw. So that's why I got married late. Control the control. I got married at 35, so I wanted to make sure it was solid. Because I'm like, I'm. Look at it, folks been married for a long time. You know, it, it can't just go in this thinking if it don't go right, nah. get a divorce. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. <laughs> and what again, again, with. I got a great, I got a great, huge wife. Tammy. My wife Tammy's
1: unbelievable. Shout out to Miss Tammy because yeah, that's no, the yes. truth. Ain't that's no that's doubt. you can't you no, can't do it without no, it. Not, not the job you, you got. No. Especially so one of this. my mentors, I ain't gonna say who. I don't want the ladies mad at him. But yeah. but I, one time I asked a question <laughs> about coaching and Mm -hmm. high level coaching Mm -hmm. and and the women and or the wife or the spouse. And he said, he said, you know what, man, I I feel this way. I feel sometimes I would need to look at that person and say, either you got the wrong job Uh, mm -hmm. in the right woman Mm -hmm. or you got the wrong wrong wife, the wrong woman. And I don't know which one it is. That's you to decide. But this is what the job requires. They're Mm -hmm. not changing. This is what it takes to be a head
2: football coach. My man, what it boils down to is I tell people this all the time. And I love Miami for this. And I got my 15 minutes of fame years ago. The women, that, uh, that that happened to me years ago. I got my rock next to me. What it boils down to, I ain't doing nothing to shatter that. We got something strong. It's a strong bond. Nobody's going to break that bond. That's what it boils down Love
1: to. Love it. Yeah. Speaking of bond, you know, you probably got a bond with a lot of a lot of different players. You know I mean? You've been yes, to a absolutely. bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. And I know the relationship between player and coach a lot of times mirrors father and son in, in mm-hmm. a shorter sense. You right. know, that you mean that much. You stand in the gap for a lot of right. people that didn't have that. Yeah. And, and so you got these relationships and you've seen all these athletes at, at, at young, vulnerable periods of their life. Right. What would be the characteristics of some of the, the the greatest players that you've had the ability to coach or the players you know that stand out to you the most what are some of the characteristics other than the things that everybody knows big fast you know well, what-
2: guys, that unders- guys that understand the game guys that are willing to learn and know how to learn Guys that are students of the
1: game. Willing to learn.
2: Willing to learn. You,
1: you, Being a student of the game. What do you mean willing, willing to, to learn? Willing to learn. We all think we're willing to learn. I'm willing to learn. All the kids show up and think like, they're willing well, like to
2: learn. Like a prime example, we, uh, one of my coaches earlier, Coach Tyler, and I was talking about something. If you have a young man who hasn't figured out how to study in class, he probably knows how to study that playbook either. So he has to figure out what's best for him. When I, when I first became a coach, because I told you I wasn't a student of the game. Mm-hmm. So when I first became a coach, I locked myself in a room, and I drew up every formation that the offense had and drew up every defense we had because I'm a visual learner. Yeah. I have to draw stuff to see it. Well, how do you learn as a player? Mm. what's going to help you pass that grade? When I was in high school and when I was in college, I had to write down the answers. I couldn't just memorize them. I had to write them down because that's how I remembered them. When right. I got to the answering on test, oh, I wrote this down. This was the answer to this. So how do you learn? That's probably the most important thing. Guys you know are students of the game and guys that are dedicated and they love football. I mean, you, you, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. guys just love football. The media, yeah. they love the social media. They want to be on Twitter. They want to have yeah. this play on Twitter. They don't love the game. You know that's the whole thing. Guys that love the game, probably guys would have they learn how to know how to learn. Guys are the students of the game, and guys that love the game. Those are the guys that always stick out. But those are the thing about it. It's crazy. I tell you a crazy story. There's a young man that called me on the phone not too long ago when I, my wife and I went to Dallas two weeks ago for one of my buddies from college, Russell Maryland. Uh, Russell played with the Cowboys, played uh, at played the University of Miami with me. Mean, his son graduated. He just went to SMU. So we went out there to Dallas to hang out with him. And I got a call on the phone from a young man who was a walk-on on our team last year. And this was a young man who hardly spoke to me. You know, even when he decided to leave, I'm calling and saying, hey, man, what are you going to try to come back? or what are you going to try to do? The phone rings. I look down and it says, Brill. I'm like, I pick the phone up and say, Brill, what's up, man? How you doing? I've been trying to get in touch with you. What's going on with you? It's like, Coach, I just got to tell you this. He said, Coach, I heard everything you said to me. He said, thank you. Way
1: back, way back. Every, way back. every no time
2: doubt. you talked to me in a team meeting, I felt you were talking directly to me. And I was going through some things, and that's why I didn't call you back. And But this is why. And I just want to tell you, I love you, and I love what you did for me. Those are the stories, yeah, man, that just no jump out at you. Mean you a lot know, to you. Those no are doubt. the stories that jump out at you. And I, my, my wife always laughs because as soon as I get a call, I'm crying. Yeah. I'm, I'm in tears and she's like here right. you go again sometimes it takes tears.
1: years to see the fruition Absolutely. of the seed that you planted or the work that you've done some man, of these guys that you coach yes. probably mm-hmm. you had to challenge <clears throat> in ways that, that, mm-hmm. that you Absolutely. know you don't want to but you have, have to discipline yeah. mm-hmm. hold them accountable Absolutely. you know how do you love a player and care about a player and still hold them accountable without ruining that relationship same because you got to hold people accountable.
2: The same way my mom and dad did with me. Show you I love you. Tell you how much I love you all the time. But understand there are things you need to do. I'm going to hold you accountable. You need to be disciplined. My mom and dad laid the belt to me all the time. My mom and dad told me on a regular basis, we're not here to be your friends. We're here to raise you. We'll be friends when we get older. My dad didn't have a beer with me until I was 35 years old. He said, I'm going to drink beer with my son. I drink a beer with friends. My son's not my friend, and I respected that. So once you have a young man understand, this is a respect relationship. I'm going to love you. I'm going to hold you accountable, though. And I'm going to discipline you when you don't do right. But understand I still love you. And I tell all the guys all the time, I love you. And I think that's what's extremely important.
1: Let me ask you, Steve, what do you think, you know, as a you've you've played the game, you've coached the game, and now you've played the game of business, coached the game of business. What do you think stands out of some of the most successful people that you've coached in business or out of business? What are the traits?
0: Um, that That's a for me, I, I've, I've tried to put that together in a period of time of like from from when we were small kids to all the way up until even now in business and. For for the young guys, because that's who we deal with a lot of right now. Uh, for myself, I knew that there were a lot of things that I didn't do throughout that process. Like you said, you were for for, for those times when you got to the league. It was like I just wasn't a student of the game. I didn't right. I didn't understand. So you know, when I think about that, the first thing I think of is why people are successful and why they go to the next level is because they you know like our, our young guy Tristan, uh, he says it all the time: adversity king. Uh, Can you be a adversity king? Can can you get can you get over adversity? Like what I've learned in football that took me in the business was how fast can you something happen to you, and how fast can you Hmm. go right back to bounce back? back. back. And and a lot of people, even when it comes when we were on the field, turnover, boom, got to get back on the field. Defense got to go. How fast can you forget about? What just happened on offense? They threw an interception. Get back out there. Go make a play. Sudden change, baby. Sudden, sudden change. change. Sudden change. Now can you, you have do that? sudden changes in life? Exactly. Absolutely. Sudden change in life. So what happens to you in your life, and can you bounce back very quickly, mm. or you play that victim mentality, and now 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 you done quit because what do you say all the time, right? I ain't never heard nobody quit their way to the top. No. <laughs> so no. so that's that's that was huge. Uh, the second thing I would be able to say is is ownership. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the guys that I know are who are, are successful is it's not about what, you know, once again, what happened to them. It, it happened for them um, or at the end of the day, they they understand how to take ownership in everything that's happening in the process. Um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of times early in my days myself, I, I would see that, you know, not taking ownership or, uh, you know, and that's really that gets you to a whole nother, another level on its, its own. It's taking ownership. It's taking Absolutely. ownership. When, when you can when you can get to that point and you start taking ownership uh, you actually want the job. You want, it, you want the job. So so that ain't no way <laughs> ain't no way it could be uh, you know somebody else's fault or Absolutely. what's going on. So uh, that, that to me uh, ownership um, you know and then last but not least is being competitive. Man like you know the sport taught me how to be competitive. Like you can't you you said it. You come you come into the to the game. You're, you're the man at your high school level. Now you come into a, a room full of dogs, and at the end of the day, if you aren't ready to compete and you ain't ready to coach, say, "Hey, look, you are gonna come here? We, there's opportunity, but it ain't handed to you. It's not given to you. So if you don't have a like competitive, like that competitive spirit, even even with you you helping guys, you want to be the best at that at mm-hmm. helping at helping as many players as you can." And it has to be the same thing, right. even when it comes to business, when you want to feel like we wanted to win. And so when you wanted to win, that was a culture that was created amongst Absolutely. amongst exactly. everybody. And I think those three things for me when it yep. comes to b- taking ownership, uh, being competitive um, and, and, and just making sure that at the end of the day, like, you know, you have that. Your adversity. That adversity king. Things like things you over. can get over those things. Huge. It's, those to three it. yeah, those are three things. I think for me.
1: one of the, the, the traits when I look, I try to study the the, the greats and everything and the great coaches that I'm around. And, and one of the traits that sticks out to me that you have that goes hand in hand with the book is that seems like all the greats that, that stand stood the test of time, they really deeply had a care. You know, absolutely. for for their players and developing mm-hmm. them, not just as an athlete, but, but as, a in, person, as, a as a person, as a man, a husband, and a father. So, yeah. can you can you tell us uh, absolutely
2: the book? W- to be honest, a little bit about you, the book. Well, the book has nothing to do with football. So that's the thing. I've been around football my entire life, I started writing the book back in two thousand one. This is what the book is based on. Um, you have a young girl. You have a daughter. You have a daughter by chance. You have a daughter. Yep. You're going to sit that little girl down, and the conversation you're going to have with her is, "Your body is precious." Your body is a temple of God. It is sacred. You are not to just have your body with any man. Wait until you're married. Take care of yourself. Do what you're supposed to do to be a young lady. Why don't you have the same conversation with your son? Is your son's body not sacred? Is your son's body not a temple of God? So does your son wait till he's married? Is he supposed to just sleep with as many women as he can? And it's no big deal? Teach your son self-love. And that's what the book is. All about just to give you a prime example. Mm-hmm. This is an example I give most guys because, as we talked about earlier, the way to get guys' attention,
1: but- women, money, <laughs> and
2: sports. So, we have this conversation with this young man. He makes it to the NFL, he's at a club, he's driving his vehicle, he's got a Range Rover, mm-hmm. got 20s on it. You know, he walks to the club, meets a young lady, they get together, go back to his place, starts getting hot and heavy. She stops him, she say, Hold up, I forgot to tell my friends I was leaving the club with you. Can I borrow your car to drive back to the club to let my girls know what's going on? What are you going to say?
1: Go ahead. You going to let her drive the car? Depends on how thirsty I am in that moment you. as a young man.
2: <laughs> what are you going to say? Catch a cab. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but that, but that's nah. what
2: most guys are going to say, no, you can't drive right, my right. car. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say we're back to the hot and heavy mm. and you have sex with her. So you just put the value of your car above the value of your body. You're gonna have sex with this woman. You know her last name, which will to let her borrow your car. Right. You're gonna have sex with this woman. You don't know her last Depending name. Depending how thirsty you, you make it, right, right? Right? So that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. That's what it boils down. to. So men put the value of cars or put the value of things above themselves, mm-hmm. above their body. So it's a book about self love. Wow. Really. But challenging it, men a lot. But I put, or oh, it's, a, it's definitely there. challenging men, and it's a, and it has questions at most of the at the end of most of the, most of the uh, chapters, mm-hmm. and that's what it talks about. Another scenario that's crazy that I always tell people. I'm talking to a group of college students. And most of them are women. And I'm having a conversation. When I tell a young lady, I say, hey, God takes you out. You guys go out for three months. Every night he comes back home, he gives you a kiss on the cheek. But the relationship's going great. you having a good time with him. He's having a good time with you. But every night he takes you home, it's just a kiss on the cheek. After three months, what's the first thing you're going to think about that guy? In unison, in unison, the women <laughs> said, he's gay. What's the second thing you're going to think? He must be bad in bed he ain't working with much. Yeah. What's the third thing? What's wrong with me? He hasn't tried anything. So as a man, what are you thinking? If I don't try something, she's going to think I'm gay. Mm-hmm. If I don't try something, she's going to think I'm bad in bed. If I don't try something, she's going to say what's wrong with her. Mm-hmm. So it's a warp way of thinking until we teach our men that your body is precious. Mm. It's a temple of God. Yeah. It's sacred. You can't just be sleeping with every woman you see. It's more important. At least, at least. Get to the point where she'll drive your car and you're okay with it. Or at least get to the point where if I spend the next 18 years with this woman, it's okay because there's a chance... We all know how babies are born. Yeah, It ain't a mystery. There's a lot of mysteries in the world, but where babies come from ain't one of those. Simple <laughs> process there. It ain't no mystery. Yeah. So, one plus one. one plus <laughs> <laughs> if I'm with her and she has a baby, do I want to be with her for the next 18 years? Ask yourself right. that question before you just lay down and sleep with her. So it's yes. a it's a, buddy, yeah. it's a book about self-love and driving young men to understand that your body is precious. It's a temple of God. And I mean, I used to tell people when I was in the world yeah. and I would sleep with a girl, I'd say, You ain't the only one giving something. I'm giving you something too. My body's just as precious as your body. But when I came to know Christ, I looked at it in a different way. My body is precious. My body's a temple of God. I just can't sleep with every woman I sleep. So that's the reason for the book. And the other reason I wrote it is one of the players I was coaching at the time, he was in the NFL, played Hmm. like six years. I remember him and I had a conversation. I won't say his name, but he had a conversation. He said, no, coach, I'm waiting until I'm married and I was in the NFL, you played ball, you played ball. The last thing you see with the guys around you was who was waiting until they got married. Right, right. Because, like you said, all the options are there. And in the NFL, the options are there. He's like, Coach, I probably think about it more than you do. Mm. He said, but the difference is if I give it away, I can never give it to my wife. I'll never have it again. So – he waited until he was married. So that's what inspired me to write the book and that's what Love the it. book's about. It's about self-love and growing and helping me understand that your body's more than a tool. Hmm.
1: Ra- wrapping up, uh what would you what would you say to young people trying to excel on the football field or in business? We a lot of people we got a lot of people listening that are in business, Absolutely. young people Absolutely. growing, building businesses. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the young people trying to build a business or young athletes getting started, you know, something that both could take from Wrapping I think it up.
2: all of us have said it. That's the great thing about it. We're all on the same page. It's about the process. Yeah. Can you be committed to the process without being emotionally attached to the results? Mm. Because what that boils down to is exactly what Steve was saying. Can you get over the adversity? If it happens,
1: can when you When it over
2: happens. It? Yeah, when it happens. Or you can maybe get over it because you're still emotionally attached to the re- It didn't go the way you wanted it to do. Mm. Now, sudden change. Mm. Can I make that sudden change? So, to me, the most important thing is being committed to the process and understand the process works. Mm-hmm. You know how I know it works? Because of what you've done, because of what you've done, because of what I've done. We know the process works, so continue the process. Be ready for sudden change. Love change it. is inevitable. Love it. Growth no, is a doubt. choice. Let's grow with those choices and make sure we know. And no, more importantly is exactly what Steve said. Can you hold yourself accountable? Mm-hmm. Ownership, ownership. Can you look yourself in the mirror ownership. and say, this is on me. Mm-hmm. this isn't on anybody else. You know how long it took me to say that when I got cut by the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> this is on me. Right. Taking ownership. Right. It's I on right. me. I got. Right. I got cut. Yes, I'm the one who did. Coach Wanstead yes. used to always say, Steve talked about Coach Wanstead, coaches don't cut players. Players cut themselves. Yes. Mm. yes. And wow. And so once you take wow. ownership and mm-hmm. you understand that I am the one mm-hmm. that's put in this situation, I am the one putting myself in this situation, I'm the one who's not owning up to my end of the bargain so mm-hmm. it's more wow awesome.
1: powerful Absolutely. love it love I it gotta take the ownership Absolutely, it's not easy yeah, for no any doubt. of us steve hey. thank you for yep. having bringing coach out no doubt appreciate no doubt. it yes sir. love I, love I mean, having you putting these two coach, together coach tiger together. come on man great i see yeah. it i see yeah. why i love see why it. you told me we had to connect man yeah, a lot of similar sure, values and, and beliefs and Love the game. So Absolutely. no no doubt in my mind you're doing the right thing for a lot Thank of young you, people over there. Thank I'm gonna have to come much. check a game out. Please, Absolutely yes. please do. Speaking we of will. which, how would any any athletes uh listening that that'd like to, you know, maybe come play there or somebody that wanna get in touch with you or follow you? You Absolute. know, it, how would email, somebody get in touch with you? My email
2: address is there, my Twitter account is at 80s Kane. I'm, I'm a hurricane hard and heart at 80s Kane, <laughs> 57 That's my Twitter account. Obviously, Facebook is Bernard Clark. And my Facebook account is just Bernard Clark Jr. I mean, I'm sorry, my Instagram account is Bernard Clark Jr. So you on uh, IG? I'm on yeah. IG. We got man. the OG I'm on yes. IG. You know what, <laughs> well, what you I, doing on IG, I dog? Go, I had to go on IG because Come my on. young coach. My just young coach, set. Coach Tyler's like, hey man, you need to get, you gotta your, make it. get your IG account so we make this thing rolling. Hey. I'm proud of you. That's he, what he, I'm talking he, about. I'm trying to get these young guys that I'm like, man,
1: you gotta get on. on. On Instagram, they' thirty. Yeah, this what I'm talking about. This is what you got to do. And and the book is on Amazon.
2: You can go on Amazon get the book. Is called Ascension: A Coach's Guide to Becoming a Better Man, But Husband and Father. So go on Amazon and get the book, man. I'm excited about it. I tell people all the time, it's important that I sell books. Do I want to be a New York Times seller? Yes, yeah, no doubt. I want. But more important is what you and I talk about. It's about the message. Yeah, it's about getting the message out there to help these young men understand that you are precious. Your body is precious and you are a temple of God, and you need to treat yourself as such and understand the importance of who you are and the self-love that you should take on for yourself. Because self-love also goes back to what? Accountability. Yeah. Yep. No take ownership, ownership of what's going on. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Thank really you, appreciate sir. your yes, time. I know appreciate what it costs you. as a married you. man and a father to all these players, <laughs> yes. and, you know what I mean, yes. and, and right in the middle of about yes. to get things cracking in yes. camp and And I really appreciate the time that you took out here to to pour into people and plant some seeds in people's lives. I I know a lot of people will take a lot from this. Appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on another episode of The Grind. Get ready, it's a new day. Yo.